0: This is Mona Lisa Baseball, episode three. It's July 25th, and it would be hard to explain how excited I am to be back. Uh, There was a four-month break that was not intended. Our recording studio got sold. Uh, Hope dwindled. I honestly didn't know for sure if the show would go on, and uh, here we are, episode three. Um, I am so ecstatic to be back at uh, just such a such a perfect time for optimism, uh, where things COVID-related and all that stuff can make things feel so bleak, natural disasters, all those things, those tend to be the very best of times for brilliant um, explosions of optimism. And I think we're here right now. And uh, the last episode that was recorded was uh, first day of spring. And here we are in the middle of summer. Uh, The baseball season hadn't even started. Um, I was so curious how things were going to work out. And uh, so let's just dive right into where we're at. Um, So because it's been four months, um, it's been necessary to, you know, knock the proverbial rust off. I heard the first two episodes again, kind of get me back going with where we left off. And um, in my mind, I... believed that the automatic runner on second base uh for extra innings was going to be implemented into the minor leagues this year um that was not the case at all and since then uh it's been reported that they will not do it next year i believe so i misspoke about it earlier but um I got to tell a story of how I found out about this, where I was visiting my family for Easter and uh, my girl and I, when we were driving home um, after that trip, there was a Giants game on the radio and um, you know, what better way to spend traveling than listen to a game on the radio? And so it was Giants Padres. uh, Giants were on the road and They had a lead for, I believe, most of the game. And then it kind of leaked away. And the Padres were able to tie it um, at the end of nine innings. And so the Giants announcer, John Miller, uh, before the break says, and I just want to remind you folks that they will be placing an automatic runner on second base to start the 10th inning. So let's see how that goes. And... It really hit me at that point. and but, I mean, there wasn't any time to argue. There was going to be a couple-minute break, and it was on. So we listened on, and um, the way I recall it happening was the Giants didn't necessarily uh, do anything. They just kind of got the runner across. Don't believe there were any hits. It just sort of happened. Um and then the padres came up and didn't get their runner across and then just the game was over and it it kind of gave me this very bizarre feeling of what well, well what did they it didn't seem like they did anything to win and then the game just ended so it was kind of like a real empty victory and it it kind of didn't really even seem like it counted Sometimes it can kind of feel that way in the very beginning of a season, anyway, where it's like, okay, like th- these are all real games, these count. But this one had that um, in spades where it, there was just an emptiness to it. And I remember the, the announcers kind of saying and, and using a little extra pep in their step and, and make sure to tune in to the post game to, to recap everything that happened. I remember my finger just like flew at the uh, controls to turn it off. Like, I didn't care. I don't know. day won, but it didn't affect me in any way. And um, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, that's literally been my only involvement uh, with the season this year as far as keeping track um, on a day-to-day level. I haven't heard any other games. I haven't... Um, watched any games still don't have television and uh, I kind of through occasional YouTube search will th- see things that pop up barely keeping me in touch kind of with how the season's going um, and I heard that it's not going well uh, league wise as far as this automatic runner and so they've decided to not adopt it for next year and <laughs> Oh my God, that makes me so happy that the people that are running this sport are smart enough to see that. that, That's softball stuff. That's how we do it. Uh, Playing, you know, 9-15 starting games, um, 10 defensive players. It's fine for softball. No one wants a 14-inning softball game. You know, you get in, you get out, you play the game. And the automatic runner... Fit perfectly for that sport. Um, But as far as pro baseball is concerned, and with the power that MLB has for trickle down, you know, that inevitably would start happening in the lower leagues, you know, college, high school, all the way down to little league. And so thank God that they sort of snapped out of that one and figured that out. Um, That's very important. I would say the most amazing amazing isn't isn't even good enough a true miracle happened in between last recording of the episode first day of spring and we'll just say today episode 3 um i think this is one of those one in a million deals that could never i never ever could have possibly thought this would happen in current today's baseball um Shohei Otani. um I had seen his name pop up on YouTube as far as he launches a long one and I knew there was a slugger plan for the Angels but I never actually saw him swing and then a clip caught my attention that said um, I, be- I believe it was something like he gets in a brawl, and I'd I'd seen his name enough, and I I wanted to know a little bit more, and so I saw him on the mound throw a brushback pitch, and I got really really confused for a second. Wait a minute, are we are we are we dealing with the same guy here? Uh, checked my names. And I found out that it's true that a absolutely slugging American League player plays defense by pitching. I never thought this would happen. Um, And it made me... It literally restored the hope that was lost in me during this four-month break where... Baseball has hope again. I started this show in the beginning of the year at the point where I needed something special to happen because if I didn't get pushed to the level of there might not be any going back, I might not have done this. I didn't have any faith in the owners The commissioners um, The media The way they were portraying Everything was so wrong to me That um, I I had to do it I had to Make my own kind of stand um, Because The love is so strong For this perfect sport That I, I didn't have any other option It was something I had to do And And there it was. Um, And a couple years ago, uh, Madison Bumgarner argued that he wanted to be in uh, the All-Star Game Home Run Derby. And I don't exactly know why he wasn't, but the version that I understood was they kind of didn't really let him. I thought that was such a missed opportunity um but also at the same time so typical of the way things were getting run that it didn't surprise me um but i thought the fans deserved to see that i thought he deserved to give it a shot but again um all the talk was well the risk of injury and you know how how tired of an argument is that to a fan that really just wants to see the best most exciting thing um Again, it, it's just, it's so excuse laden. It's so business over art laden. It's, again, it's, um, with the boxing analogies, it's all you really want to see is the two best guys go at each other. And anything short of that just feels like excuses. And that's how they dealt with Mad Bum in that scenario. And then, um, you know, whenever it was a week or two ago, I, I'd heard that uh, Shohei was going to be in the Home Run Derby, and thank God for all this, and thank God for a manager like Joe Madden because I don't know um, too much about him, but once I discovered that, uh, you know, Shohei's status was at a, as a slugging pitcher, um, I basically I had to know more, and he went on the Dan Patrick Show, and I. Th- I heard the whole interview, and I was really impressed because when when Joe Madden, I remember him first coming on the scene. It was with the Devil Rays, and he just seemed kind of kind of gimmicky. And all the analytics, the, the announcers always would talk about how important that was to him, and I felt like he was kind of losing track of the the feel of, um, oh, what's it called? Just sort of like um. A manager that manages by feel more than numbers and so I sort of wrote him off um I didn't think too much of him but I also didn't do my research so I didn't know any better hearing him in a 15 minute interview just talk about the sport made me realize I love this guy and uh one thing that I loved that he said was something to the tune of I've been doing this a long time I I was a man man uh minor league umpire oh my god excuse me I'm still very excited I was a minor league manager and I've had, you know, thousands of games to sort of refine all these things that I do. And not just games, but thousands of days, um, dozens of seasons, just accumulating, putting his time in and seeing what works. And he's not going to be a guy that is going to ignore that his pitcher can slug or his slugger can pitch. He's going to do in my opinion, whatever seems best for his team to win. And that's really important. So I'm just so happy that uh, Shohei ended up to play for a manager and a team that let this happen. And it kind of gives me the hope that all of my dreams for restoring what baseball ought to be actually can happen. And, yes, the show will go on. And it's going to go on. We're marching towards nine episodes, 360 minutes, and let's just continue on. Thank you for this miracle. I never, ever could have thought this could happen, but it is happening. That's the important thing. It's happening right now. So, um, yes, they pulled away the automatic extra inning runner on second base softball rule thank you now that all of that's got cleared up uh, the second episode I'd sort of um, without really trying too hard to do so uh, set up where we were going to pick up for episode three so those other things kind of had to be dealt with first but let's get back to right where we left off Um, so the American League implemented the DH in 73 they've been playing With it, they've been playing the sport with that rule for almost 50 years now. Again, I don't consider American League Baseball actual baseball. They need to just call it American League Baseball because it's different, and they play it not the way it was intended to be played. So American League Baseball is making its march uh, towards its 50th year, and National League Baseball is... More or less played the same way Although new rules have been implemented That kind of sour it We're going to try to get those rules pulled But um, I mentioned something about Changing the rule in 73 worked Here's what I'm talking about The rivalry The rivalry between the American League And National League It's really rich Now, I don't believe for a second that when they changed the rule over to DH, that they had any idea that they were going to be creating the rivalry that it is now. But you pretty much have American League guys and National League guys. You pretty much... Oh, sorry. I shouldn't say guys. American League people and National League people. It's not all that easy to be a huge fan of both because you kind of you've almost taken this should pitchers hit as a principle to how you uh, interact with the sport. There's been talk that they really want to unify the leagues. Um, I heard some some form of interview with Tony Clark, who represents the players' union. Um, you know, just saying these comments that really were meant to fuel the media i believe which is everybody wants the dh you know people are being stubborn about it they're trying to use it as a bargaining chip a bargaining tool and he didn't really um he didn't give credit to the fact that there's a lot of people out there who prefer the game to be played the way it was intended to be played. He he pretty much just very flippantly said, everybody wants the DH. And I couldn't disagree more. Um, I think that's so wrong. And what sucks about that is because there's so much media in sports right now, um, that sort of talk just gets picked up and fueled and put into the water supply, so to speak. And then people keep hearing that. That everybody wants that. And unless you're really willing to step up and defend it, you might even start to believe it at some point and not examine if uh, it's accurate or even examine if you agree with that person. But it's total BS. Let's talk about the World Series. Um, And interleague play gets mixed into this. Um, I'm not... I'm not an interleague play guy. Uh, I thought, especially once the leagues were separated into DH and non-DH, um, that it was made it kind of even cooler to only meet in the World Series. Um, but I can't forget that when interleague play got implemented and I was a teenager, I was really, really excited to see... Barry Bonds hit in Fenway or in Yankee Stadium. Um, The opportunity to see an old ballpark like that, my home team, it made me very excited. Uh, And I understand that there's an excitement level that can be appreciated through that. But I have an idea. How about instead of how should I put this? There's too many interleague games in a season. Um, the rivalry teams need to be playing division needs to be played much more. Um, I think a series a year is plenty and we'll just use the, you know, the NL West versus AL West. Uh, you play a series, a four-game series, against one of the teams in um, in the division. And it doesn't always have to be west-on-west, east-on-east. You can mix those up um, each year. But just for example's sake, you know, the Giants would um, go to Oakland one year. Um, and then, you know, the next year maybe the Yankees would come to San Francisco. You know, whatever. But... One series is enough let's Let's baby this rivalry it's It's so effective and it keeps things um I don't want to try to overexplain it because if you're a sports fan, you know what a rivalry means. Um, you know what it does to your excitement level when you know there's going to be a game that night. And it's two teams that can't stand each other. Well, in this case, we have two leagues that think they're the Premier League. And I love that. So when the rules actually changed, they created something that's very, very powerful now. And stripping the sport of that and stripping all of us of the benefit of being able to say, you know, the fucking... (laughs) Oh, man, I was going to say something foul. I'm not going to say it, but... uh, We'll just replace it with the word stupid. Oh man, the Giants versus the stupid Yankees. I think there's a lot of power in that. Let's not give that up. And the only way I can accept ending this sort of DH versus non-DH rivalry is hey, let's all go back to playing National League rules the way it was intended. Regular baseball. Let's all go back to do that. But... If, if we can't settle, if we can't get the American League to ditch the DH, then let's just leave the DH over on one side and regular baseball on the other, and let's continue on. That's what needs to happen. It's too risky to unify the leagues. It's a bunch of BS. I don't see why that's important. We need to maintain things that uh, have their interests, Maintain interest in the sport, and this is one of them. So that's what I was talking about when the leagues got lucky, MLB got lucky, that they implemented a rule, they changed something sacred, and I think they got lucky in a way they never intended. Um, I, I'm I willing to give it up in a second, but let's not make it even worse under the guise of unifying the leagues. Um, it's not going to make it better. And I think more importantly, even than not going to make it better is um, you've almost, almost lost a guy like me that has a love and a passion for the sport. That's so deep. It um, anybody that we'll just put it this way. All humans know that there are certain things in life that affect them on an emotional level. Baseball is one of those for me. And I'm pretty positive you will 100% lose me as a fan if the National League goes DH. I can almost guarantee it. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. That's risky. That's really risky to try to attract new fans by um, kicking the old ones to the curb. Uh, It's not going to work. That's not going to work. Not going to work. So, moving on to something that I wasn't able to dive into on Episode 2, but got a little bit more time today. And uh, let's talk about that old Machine Strike Zone. So, again, I believe that it's being experimented with in the minor leagues this season. Um, I've not seen a version of it. I've had a lot of thoughts in my mind. Well, what are we really dealing with here? Um is this going to be like uh is this going to be like tennis where there's almost um triangulation working? Is there going to be a uh like a red light that said that flashes when it's uh a strike, no flash when it's a ball? Um kind of the more comical version that I I first thought up was almost a Jetson style robot that stands where the ump stood and uh you know the arm goes out for a strike and um you know while they're watering down the field in the fifth inning or whatever um someone walks out to the ump and uh, squirts in some oil you know keeps it uh keeps its movements working well um you don't want it to jam up with too many um you know, dust clouds, people sliding into home. Uh, You gotta keep that guy lubed up. I have a huge problem with this, and so let's go into the segment of why it sucks. Machine Strike Zone, why it sucks. Uh, First of all, um, anything that strips the game of its humanity is a very bad idea. Um, when you go out to the ballpark, there's a, there's sort of this feeling of we're all in it together. We're all humans. Um, we got players, we got umps, we got coaches, we got fans. We're all here and we're all going to do the sport. We got the announcers. You got the the people that are working the PA system. You got the people that are working the jumbotron We're you're all kind of working together to provide, Uh, entertainment for the people that paid to go out to the ballpark, um, concession stands, people, everything about it's, uh, very humanity based. And we've lost track of that. Once I think we started following suit along with, um, I would say mostly football. It seemed like, uh, football needed to have instant replay to make the game better. Um, I guess I'm not, at this point, I'm not a big enough football fan to really care if they kept instant replay or not, but I suspect that football might be better for it. Uh, I'll concede that, but in baseball, I think there's just absolutely no way that, chasing this idea of we need to know what actually happened because we don't want to cheat anybody out of something is uh is blatantly wrong because it's a play it's a game you're going out the rule book states that it's the um it's the interpretation of the umpire whether somebody is safer out Uh, I recall getting taught that when you're when you hit a ground ball and you're running down to first and you're gonna beat it out that you almost demonstratively um snap your arms back bam as you're hitting first base to almost trick the umpire into thinking that well this person's fast they must have been safe um Same thing with the the slide into first base. That, well, you're running upright, but this person slid so the front of their body would be in front of the area if they were just running upright. So I believe they are safe. Um, Another thing is the the catcher framing the strike. Um, All those things are important towards... um, the the play unfolding and trying to convince the umpire that uh, something good happened for their team. Um, I think that creates a lot of flamboyancy that fans pick up on and appreciate. And this idea of a machine strike zone, of what actually happened, will make a slow game like baseball more boring. Less interesting. Because how many times have we heard the strike zone's armpits to knees, but an umpire won't call a strike above the belt? Um, variety in umpires is really important. Think about this. A manager... Mm, this is a (laughs) this this, okay uh you might even want to close your eyes for this one imagine a pitcher throws a ball and uh the red light doesn't go on or the Jetsons umpire uh, doesn't react behind the plate and the coach thinks it's a strike because his player reacts in a way where it goes what that's not a strike Imagine the umpire – sorry, a manager going out and getting in the face of a robotic umpire, turning his hat backwards, you know, spitting all over the place because he's so freaked out and opening up, being so pissed off. Instead of kicking dirt on this umpire, he's going to gather up umpire, go to the umpire's back, open up – um an area of (laughs) open up a panel and start pouring dirt in so that the umpire, the robot basically dies because it gets dirt in his system. Um, It's always exciting when the manager goes on the field and gets into it with an umpire. You do not want to lose that in this sport. The history going back into umpire's and coaches having vitriol towards one another is just too rich. And the footage is so good. If 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 anyone's salivating for some good confrontations, uh, go to YouTube and look up some Earl Weaver stuff. Classic. It's so good. Um, Lou Pinella. Oh, Rich throwing, picking up bases and throwing them. It provides the fans with something to boo at or cheer at. Again, you pull out this rule of umpires aren't accurate enough. You're going to lose humanity in this game that won't make it as interesting. Because in comparison to going to a Broadway play, anything can happen. It doesn't really matter if the person says their line perfectly. What matters is how they do it. And that's what we're all there to see is how these players, these umpires, these coaches are behaving in order to, to put a, a victory on the board, to put their team one step closer to making it into October. That's what makes the sport Interesting. That's one of the things that makes the sport interesting. So if you're consumed with what actually happened, um, you play the long game on this, you're going to find yourself being very disappointed and confused and not really understanding why baseball just doesn't seem as important as it used to. Why not as many people are tuning in. Um, Why the sport seems to be shrinking, why it doesn't seem to be able to keep up like it used to with other sports in terms of its own popularity, Um, it's going to go the wrong direction for um, this mad, incessant desire to grow the game. These sort of things will make it go the opposite way. And guess what? When they start going the opposite way, the temptation to change more rules and more rules will go up and up and we won't even recognize the sport that's been going um, professionally since I believe the 1880s. It's a big hit. That's a big hit to American history. A lot of people across the world That's one of the main things they think of when they think of America and what defines it from other places. Hey, we invented the sport. It doesn't matter if we got the idea for the sport uh, from rounders or from Europe. Of course we're going to have European influence. That's where the white man came from. But baseball is ours. It's ours as Americans. And don't... Don't fool yourself into thinking that we're going to be able to know who the true champions are because now we know what actually happened and umpires are fallible and computers aren't. It's not going to help the sport. It's going to make it worse. And that reminds me to make sure to talk about this thing that kind of slipped into the game um slowly and kind of just became a mainstay similar to the um uh visible invisible first down line on the football field that I think that I don't know I'm not a football purist but w- once they started showing that the player had to cross this line to get a first down that seemed like a a good benefit to the TV viewer but Don't get it twisted. There's no yellow line when you go to a football game. That was just for the TV viewer. Now, with baseball, on the television, they slipped in this virtual box of a strike zone. And what this did was it started making people think that the umpire's don't know what they're doing because they could see clear as day whether the ball was in the box on the lines of the box or outside the lines of the box. And it started this thought process that, you know what? Umpires aren't good enough. They're wrong all the time. And because of this, we've given up the most important thing in baseball, the moment of drama Person slides into home plate instead of the umpire signaling what happened, signaling for the crowd to either moan or cheer wildly. Let's go to the computers. You're not going to be able to cheer for a play that happened four minutes ago and the computer says yay or nay. You're not going to have that same excitement level, uh, which is one of the reasons we go to the park for entertainment, for that value of You know, being one with the other five to 60,000 other fans that are watching what you're watching. So you got this box. And anybody that wants to look up old highlights, ask yourself this question. Is it more appealing to watch old highlights where there's no box that shows where the pitcher threw it, doesn't it kind of take your eye away from the sport that's actually happening in front of you? It almost, without even trying, it focuses your mind on what part of the box or the proximity of this box in relation to where the pitch went, instead of just watching what your mind completely understands. Um, Here's a good example for you. Ken Griffey Jr. Um, at some point, I think it was the early, maybe mid '90s, um, had homered in seven games in a row, and um, I'll never forget this because I was watching Sports Center. I think it was either Baseball Tonight or Sports Center. It could even have just been ESPN. But they interrupted their broadcast and they said, "Okay, now there's something special going on here. Ken Griffey Jr. is coming up to bat. He's homered in seven straight games. Let's see what happens." And if I remember right, Ken Griffey homers on the very first pitch. What's so cool about the pitch that he homered, that he knocked out of the park in the kingdom? this pitch was nowhere near the strike zone. This was probably at chin level. Griffey was so in a zone that... I don't think he even cared where the pitcher threw it. It was almost like, yep, as soon as the ball leaves this guy's hand, I'm knocking it out of the park. doesn't matter. I'm hitting it out. And that's what he does with this pitch. You don't need a little invisible <laughs> – I'm not using the right word. You don't need a little box to tell you that this pitch was high. Your brain and your eyes automatically understand what's going on. The guy threw a high ball, Griffey's homered in seven straight games, now eight. And let me tell you, he absolutely shits on this ball, crushes it. That's what you're focused on. You're not focused on where in the strike zone. You just know the guy threw the ball high and Griffey crushed it. You don't need any more than that. Oh, Jesus. I got 45 seconds to wrap up um, minute 40. So where we're at, I want to end this by saying you need the charade of that baseball players play that make it seem like they caught the ball, that make it seem like they slide in safe, that make it seem like, nope, my pitcher's so on point, that was a strike. You don't need a red dot. You don't need a Jetsons umpire. Instant replay is not good for baseball. Let's pull it out of baseball. Doesn't need to be there. Let's leave that to the other sports. Let's let the umpires do what their job is. Because, let's be honest, they're accurate a lot of the time. Almost all of the time. And we need that to stay because we need baseball to represent as close as it can, um, or at least for a lot of the game, what it meant in the late 1800s all throughout the 1900s and where we're at now in 2020 okay so here we are it's july 25th um i plan on being back next week and i'm just so excited thank you shohei shohei excuse me <laughs>